war on Christmas. A war on Thanksgiving. This war on fun. The war on straws. The war on meat. Joe Biden declared war on freedom yesterday. It's a war on small businesses. The war on dogs. There is a war on parents. The left's war on children. War on privacy in middle America. This is a war on police now. It's a war on achievement. There is a war on hot dogs. A war on uh, white journalists. War on men. War on cars. War on appetizers. War on Christianity and Judaism. War on Christmas parties. The war on the suburbs. The war on conservative women. Declaring war on cows. This war on wealthy Americans. This war on Republican governors. War on all things conservative. The war on American culture. The war on, yes, white men. War on Fox. War on soda. There's now a war on styrofoam. The Democrats' war on cooking with gas. War on toxic masculinity. Biden's war on tradition. War on YouTube conservatives. War on knives. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like, Brian. Midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't change for anyone. Note to self, don't die. <clears throat> Welcome in. It's not the uh, Weekly Dose. Just figured I'd... Well, I didn't even think about it. I just grabbed the first open I could find. <clears throat> Welcome in to the final show, the final for real final show of 2021. For some reason, I just felt like doing another one. Had some stuff I wanted to talk about, and I thought it made more sense to do it now on December 30th, 2021. And if I sound bad, it's because I technically feel bad. And I didn't really feel like doing this after after I uh, had the day turn out the way that it did. But I put a lot of effort into it, so I'm going to still do it anyway. The thing is, as of right now, as of uh, record time, I am feeling fantastic. I feel really good, or as good as I have all day long. And uh, I'll... uh, I'll get to this or just wrap this part of it up as quick as I can. I was already going to talk a little bit of COVID stuff um, and uh, and science and math and all this kind of stuff and kind of bring it all back together. But I, I woke up today and throughout the course of the day have had many symptoms of COVID-19. Now, here's the thing. If you're not feeling well, if you're under the weather, basically every symptom is the same as a symptom of COVID-19. Um, I drank a lot over the holidays. Shocker, uh, you know, said no one. But Monday I woke up, we played top golf on on sa- uh, Sunday night until late, which I'll talk about that a little bit here in a minute. And so I was up late and it was the end of a four day pretty much bender. Started with the Titans on Thursday and ended with top golf on Sunday night. And I woke up historically hungover on Monday, historically. And uh, it was a bad day. And a lot of times if I have one of those kinds of hangovers, it's I don't know if it's just some kind of cruel 
thing that the you know if there's a deity or or something within my body just says oh yeah you're gonna be hungover we're also gonna have a sinus attack and you're gonna and you're gonna sneeze and you're gonna cough all day long and you're gonna have aches and pains and you're gonna have everything else that has nothing to do with a hangover (laughs) that happens a lot and so on monday i was just dog sick dog sick and um and somebody who i was talking to said well you hope you don't have covid i said i don't have covid I'm freaking hungover. I didn't get COVID and a hangover, the worst hangover ever on the same day. Well, I went to bed Monday night early, about 9.30, woke up around midnight, couldn't fall back asleep for real, basically all night long, even with a heavy dose of melatonin and and just being exhausted anyway. And I was in bed until the next day at till 11 o'clock. So that's a, what's that math? 12, 15, uh, 14 hours? And I felt awful as hell the next day on Tuesday also. And I just thought, okay, this happens every now and again. A two-day hangover. That's fine. I'll be okay. Didn't get, got better sleep the night, the next night. Still not great. I never get good sleep. And then I woke up today and I just plain felt sick all day. And so I'm going to go get a COVID test in the morning. Um, Where I realized something was wrong was that it was getting late in the, uh, in the evening. And I just, I just was still having these I mean, I had COVID last last year, so I know what it feels like, and it feels kind of the same, just milder. And um, but I knew when I, I got home late, had to work late, and I knew by the time I'm sitting down to I'm gonna record around nine ten o'clock. But it was nine o'clock already, and I hadn't eaten, and I wasn't hungry, and I had no craving for alcohol. Something's wrong. I'm not trying to make a joke. Something is wrong if 9 o'clock is rolling around and I'm not craving a drink. That's just how my life goes. So hopefully it's not COVID. If it is, who cares? I'll be fine. I'll do whatever I'm supposed to do. Uh, It'll ruin my New Year's weekend, but my New Year's weekend wasn't really that good to begin with. So uh, I'm not – I'm just happy I finally today feel better and this show will go better because I feel better. Uh, No computer issues this week. Last week, the damn thing hardly works, or the other time I did a show today, no problem whatsoever. But um, overall, Christmas was great. I really do think that it is very, very, very silly for grown-ass adults to ask for things for Christmas and then expect to get the thing that you ask for. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, it's most people in my life now have little kids in, you know, within the family. You know, buy them all the dumb spit you want. Let's do, you know, do all that stuff. Right, have a big bunch of pile of dumb presents that nobody really wants that they'll be sick of in five seconds later. Why the hell are we asking adults what they want for Christmas and then going out and purchasing it? Listen, bro, if you need a toaster, go buy yourself a toaster. What are you, ten years old? What are you? What are you, eighteen? And you don't, you don't have any money? I mean, I'll buy you a toaster in June, dude. If you need a toaster that bad. So. Um, so my mom called me, and she loves gift-giving, and so does a lot of other people in my family. And before I go to my mom's story, don't get me wrong. I love getting gifts, and I love to give gifts. And I actually think it's one of my strong points. I think I'm a very good gift giver. But you're never going to know where it came from or why you've got it, or you, you'll know why after you get it. And I might buy you a Christmas present in, in April, but I will ha- I'll sit on it until, until December because December will be here in 10 minutes. Just about every time you look up, December's here in 10 minutes. Um, so I do love giving gifts, and I and I do love receiving them, especially if there's a story behind it. But um, my mom, you know, she, she is more monetary, materialistic kind of stuff as far as gift-giving is concerned. 
And she was just like, what, you know, what do you want? I was like, Mom, we go over this every year. I'm not going to tell you what I want. And, but she was just like, well, I know there's a lot of stuff, you, you know, because I cook a lot these days in my kitchen. I've, I've been trying to build up a better kitchen. And, and there are a lot of things I could use that I would probably never buy for myself. So I said, you know what? There's this brand, Ninja, that I have one of their blenders, and it's fantastic. And I said, and I've done the research. All their products look awesome. And I said, if you buy me anything Ninja that's not a blender, then I'll be happy with it. And we'll just leave it at that. You know, do it, don't do it, doesn't matter. Well, she buys me this bad-ass indoor grill, which I won't use the indoor grill part much because it, it, it's not what I what I want. But everything else in it, I will. It's like a six-in-one, you know, roast, bake, air fry. It does have the griddle grill thing, low smoke. Um, it's a it's got a throw a, a, a th- what the hell the, the probe the the temperature probe it's like a smart cooker it cooks for you it almost makes the fun of cooking not there but the main thing I I was happy about and I've already had my eye on something like this it's also a dehydrator because I've been dying to la- make some beef jerky I've been watching stuff on YouTube and TikTok and I've been like man I love beef jerky but that stuff is so expensive and now I know why um, basically now that I know how to make it and I can't wait to make some beef jerky. So there you go. Now you're caught up on my Christmas stuff. Uh, Top Golf was fine. Uh, it's a driving range. Uh, next time I'll get a uh, 18 pack of beer and I'll go and I'll bring a Bluetooth speaker and I'll go hit balls at the driving range uh, before I do Top Golf again. Very very nice. Very very cool. I get why anybody would like it. For my money, which this was not on my money, so that's why it was even more fun. But I know how much it cost, and uh, I won't be doing that again. But I could see why somebody would have. A lot of fun with it. Um, let's see. Let the, 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 um, coming up, uh, I'll just go ahead and lay out the show here as I'm already about 10 minutes in. Second segment of the show, just going to re- read it as I wrote it to myself. COVID, parentheses, follow the science. You should be mindful of the science, but I'll tell you what you need to follow and believe. Also tie that in with a little bit of climate change and kind of the same concept, the way we're handling COVID and science. Same way people are handling warming, climate change, whatever you want to call it. A lot of similarities there. There's certain things you should trust. There's certain things you f- you should follow. The science isn't necessarily one of them. I'll make that make more sense, hopefully, in the second segment of the show. And the final segment of the show, I don't really know what the point of it was other than I watched a Bill or I listened to the Bill Maher's uh, real-time show on, on as a podcast. I love Bill Maher. That show annoys me. It's just not, I just don't like the formatics of the show. Too much audience participation. Um, but I love him and I loved his guest. That's why I listened to at least half of it Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. And um, they're talking inflation, supply chains, all the regular stuff. This is probably from two and a half weeks ago or so. So it's relatively new. And I just thought I want to play some segments of it and then just talk about this as I play them. And then I had, what was it, something that I printed off here. Businesses have manufactured inflation fear to protect profits amid rising wages. That is an op-ed. And then something I did want to read um, during the, the second segment is why you shouldn't blame everything unusual on climate change. So all that will be coming up here as the second and third half of the show goes. i got three pieces of audio for you here. The realest thing, the worst idea, and the social media that keeps on giving thing. Um, One thing I did make a note to myself is that um, one of the first topics I'll I'll explore once I pull this article and read more about it was, I don't remember where I saw it, just some kind of Google search, uh, the uh, 
the headline or, or at least the, the top line was how America became a country full of assholes. I'm going to give that one a good read and see if I like it enough to make a segment out of that. And then one more thing here before I'll play these three pieces of audio for you. Um, Let's see. Hold on. I'm not stopping at all today. Uh, I am just rolling, rolling. If there's a cough, if I screw something up, I don't I don't have the patience to be starting and stopping and all that stuff. So just so you know, that's usually how I do it anyway. But I think that one of the most intellectually void thing you can do, absolutely intelligent deficiency is when some numbnut on social media uses a meme to make a serious point. If you're trying to be funny and cute and whatever, that's fine. You go do you. Y'all laugh at the kid, little kitty pictures, whatever. Y'all have fun with that. I don't have any issue with that. I get it. I, you know, I'm not going to participate, but go ahead. It's the numbnut that goes on there and tries to put something about the Afghanistan withdrawal or the economy or Trump or Biden or let's go Brandon or whatever, you know, whatever these things are. If you use a meme that also has what you're considering to be factual information um, that you have not fact checked, that someone else posted, it wasn't your original thought. You found it somewhere else and thought it was fun to regurgitate and recycle as your own creative um, uh, content when really all you're doing is plagiarizing someone else's dumbassery. Um, I hate it. I think it's a really, really, really stupid look. But this one is just too good, and it is for fun anyway. It's the Ben Affleck smoking a cigarette, looking like um, just like oh god damn it, just like mad as hell, um, taking a taking a draw off a cigarette. You've seen it by now, and there's a countless things you can put on it. And it said something around the lines, and I'm going to try to pull it up as we sit here and talk, which is a bad idea because that rarely goes well. But it said, um, talking about going in, there it is, going into um, 2022, and it's showing him, he's okay, he's already taken the, the drag, and he's got the cigarette now down to his side, and his eyes are closed, and he's blowing the smoke out just like so disgusted. And it says, when you realize 2022 is pronounced 2022. T-O-O, when it's pronounced 2020 also. I just, that's very simple. I don't know whose original thought it was, but I loved it. I don't know that I'm going to post it to social like everybody else would do, but I thought it was a hell of a way to um, to make a point that, man, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think 2020 was wild? You think 2016 was wild? You think 2018 was nuts? 2021, man. You ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing. And then into 23 and 24 and 25, you ain't seen nothing yet there either. We are we are nowhere near to where we can consider any kind of normalcy when it comes to the political nature of this country, and we might not ever. Buckle up. Good thing is I've stopped watching cable news completely now that Brian Williams is out, so I'll miss a lot of it. But um, most people won't. 2020 also is next year all right let's do the realest thing uh there's a bunch of these that do guys that guys and gals that do this on tiktok uh foreigners and they do all these things that they consider to be weird or way different than they're used to in their countries whether it's right or wrong is not the point i just think it's fun this is today's realest thing things that are weird about the united states 
educational scholarships being a big deal is weird. Education is normally free or heavily subsidized in the developed world. Needing to do taxes if you're an employee is weird. Your politicians are bribed by the accounting industry to make your taxes difficult. Having healthcare through an employer is weird. So is doctors needing to argue with private companies for you to get what you're prescribed. Having military recruiters in school is weird. It's especially weird that the biggest incentives to join the military are healthcare and affordable education, which are just considered human rights in normal countries. Playing your national anthem before a sporting event that doesn't involve your country playing another country is very weird, especially when it involves kids at school. Making unlimited political donations legal is weird. You've created a fight to the moral bottom where your um, elected officials are live in constant fear that if they don't accept big money bribes, their political opponents will. The amount your elections cost is weird. Your five most expensive House of Representative seats cost more than any election for any country in Europe. Um, funding your schools through local property taxes is weird, but it does go some way to explain how the U.S. has dropped to 27th on the Global Social Mobility Index. There's so much to, to dissect there that I uh, won't do, but the two that stuck out that I have said for years in this country made no sense to me. Why are employers furnishing uh, health insurance? Why is that such a thing? It's, I, I have incredible insurance through a very incredible uh, employer, but why? Why do we do that? I kind of know the answer. It's a rhetorical question, but to me, it's weird. It shouldn't be a thing. It can be a thing, but it shouldn't seem like it's supposed to be a thing. And the national anthem before all these sporting events in this, in this country, every college game, every high school game, every pro game, we're not playing other countries. We're playing ourselves. And then, of course, we turn it into a political zoo clown show why do we do that why is the anthem played before all sporting events in the united states just questions to ask out loud today's worst idea this is uh should be shocking to no one there's a lot of news people that are not in the business anymore that have their own tiktok news channels this is a just tiktok news lady i call her um there's a hundred billion in covid uh fraud within um the all the different acts have been uh, 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 passed by both Trump and uh, Joe Biden. This is what am I calling today? Worst idea. $100 billion. Actually, I'm not joking. That's how much money the Secret Service says was stolen from COVID-19 relief programs intended to help small businesses and stolen in unemployment benefits. As of today, there are 900 active criminal investigations across the country in every single state. And if you were one of those people who fraudulently collected a PPP loan, EIDL loan, or unemployment benefits in the last few years, the Secret Service, Fraud Recovery Department, and the full force of the federal government are coming for you. And they aren't afraid to use all the tools, surveillance, personnel, whatever they need to get their money back and punish those who are responsible. The majority of the fraud came from people improperly collecting unemployment benefits. The Labor Department says $87 billion was stolen in that way. The Secret Service has seized more than $1.2 billion so far while investigating unemployment insurance and SBA loan fraud and has returned an additional $2.3 billion of fraudulently obtained funds by simply reversing the transactions. Now, those cases are on top of the the 95 criminal cases of 150 other people who are being prosecuted by the Department of Justice over $75 million in fraudulently obtained money through the Paycheck Protection Program. DOJ says those suspects were fraudulently using those pandemic funds to buy real estate and luxury items. Billions and billions and billions amongst 50 states. What could possibly 
go wrong. And this is today's final one, this uh, this segment anyway, final piece of audio I have for you. Calling it, the this one's real short, the social media that keeps on giving thing. Let's go. If you watched a TikTok video this year, you helped the viral video website become the most popular on the planet. According to the tech security company Cloudflare, TikTok jumped from seventh place last year to number one in 2021, even topping the search giant Google. In September alone, TikTok had one billion active users. There have been a few times where I have delusionally talked to myself saying, I've got to start a TikTok channel and I got to try to come up with the next big idea and I need to, you know, figure out a way to monetize that. And then you stop and think and realize that's like saying I need to write a sitcom for CBS except for something bigger than CBS (laughs) or I need to become a YouTube star or I need to get Spotify to play my new album and I'll become a rock. It's not happening. The most watched app channel, however it's categorized in the world is TikTok. Do yourself a favor. Stop messing around with dumbass stuff like Facebook. If you want to keep, I'm not saying delete it, but stop wasting your valuable disposable time on Facebook and and, and Instagram too. It's turned into a bunch of dreck and sure as hell don't waste your time on Twitter longer than just catch a couple of trends, you know, for the day to see what's going on. I still like Twitter to that degree. Stop wasting your time on Snapchat or wherever the hell else it is. Enlighten your life. Have fun. Enjoy social media again. Make social media great again. It is great again, and it's TikTok. Go there now. It's not an app for children. It's an app for anybody who wants it, and it'll be it'll become whatever you want it to be. This is not this is not a small trend that just you know in a year from now be like oh I was wrong TikTok wasn't cool no it's fantastic all right that's all I got there. Coming up next, follow the science, trust the science, we always hear. We'll involved in both the COVID discussions and climate change discussions. You don't need to follow the science. You sure as hell don't trust the science. You're mindful of the science. I'll tell you what to follow and what to trust next. Stone on air. We'll be right back. Oh, darling, what juicy gossip I have for all I just want to be clear in terms of the definition of people dying of COVID. So the case definition is is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if... Um, Technically, if even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's all. I was planning on getting uh, her name and do a little bit more fact checking. That was some audio I found on TikTok. But then I felt like hell all day long, and I didn't feel like it. I can't prove what she just said it was true, but I believe that it is. And I've talked to enough people in healthcare, mostly in billing, that can mostly confirm that. This is Infected from Bad Religion, a band I can't believe my mom let me listen to when I was a kid. You 
You infect me. Um, I'm sure I hid the uh, jewel case and the the artwork from it so she couldn't see. There's no chance my mom would let me listen to a band called Bad Religion if she uh, if she had anything to do with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna act like I have a ton of uh, of friends in healthcare. I, I mean, actually, I guess I do. I I, I do, and. Again, no sites or, 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 or citations or, or, or links or any kind of uh, proof that that's exactly true. That whoever that lady was, she is a, some doctor of some kind of thing, according to the TikTok channel. Now, again, take that for what it's worth. I believe 100 million percent that anything that has uh, any death that has a trace of COVID on it is going to be labeled a COVID death. That is absolutely positively true to me. Maybe my confirmation bias is where I'm getting the information, but that's true to me. That doesn't mean it's not deadly and doesn't mean all these. I'm not a denier, all right? I'm not a denier. But I have had shows sometime in the recent future or recent past, excuse me, where I have said, and I'll say this unabashedly, I will not apologize for this. I've taken it seriously. I've I've been respectful. I ain't cared about this since the minute I heard about it. And I remember the minute I heard about it. It was in February. I was sitting in my office and something about Corona. We sell Corona as one of our products. And somebody made it something. Well, I hope you don't have the coronavirus, bro. I'm like, the hell are you talking about? Was this a dumb joke or something? He's like, look it up, man. He's like, yeah, whatever, dude. See you later. And then I actually did look it up. It's like, oh, another another swine flu, right? H1N1, another another one of those. All right, it's more than that. It's definitely more than that. But then once all everything started, the dice started to fall over. I really got pissed and said, "This is just the flu." I realized later on, and I think apologetically said, "I was too flippant about this. I understand that this is something we need to be very." Uh, careful and mindful of and I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been so flippant about it but I still didn't care I just said what I felt like like was the right thing and then that was when it was novel it ain't novel anymore we know a lot about it and I care even less now even less now especially sitting here thinking I have it now for the second time remember we were told all our lives you can't get the same st- flu strand once or or excuse me you can't get it twice once you get it you're immune and then you'll just get another one it'll be just like the other one so whatever I don't know what to believe I don't know who to believe I don't know what to believe but I know what I'm not going to do is just blindly follow and trust science or and or doctors and sometimes they're the same thing sometimes a doctor is a scientist sometimes a scientist is a doctor But they're not always both the same thing. And I'm sorry. I am just, I am sorry, sorry, sorry that I have do not have a lot of respect for the medical uh, profession. I don't. I've been pretty close to it. A lot of family members in it. And I've watched the fraud that takes place within billing. I've seen it with my own damn eyes. I just wasn't quite old enough to understand what I was seeing once upon a time. And I'll just leave it alone at that. It is a corrupt, corrupt place. Uh, doctors, police officers, military, lawyers. Who am I leaving out? Car mechanics, even. 
If you can find a good one of those, that's a great thing to have. Hold on to them dearly. Never lose your great lawyer, police officer, military member, uh, scientist, doctor, or car mechanic. Because there's going to be 50 rotten ones right around the corner. And with Big Pharma completely buying off all these doctors. Again, I've sat in these doctors' offices when the free lunches come when I was a kid. Because, you know, between school or had to go to the dentist or something, my mom wasn't off work yet. And I'm, I'm watching all this stuff. Again, at the time, not old enough to understand what I'm looking at. But old enough to remember these things. Um, when you can go back to when your parents, very likelihood, if, you know, if you're my age, within five years, give or take, go in either direction. If, if you can just think that when your parents were children, when they were kids, like, you know, 10 years old, 8 years old, 15 years old, 1 years old, whatever the age is, roughly around that time, doctors recommended smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. Doctors. Medically trained doctors. You lost me there. One of the most deadliest substances you can put in your body recreationally was 75 years ago, 65 years ago, whatever the exact math is, was recommended by doctors. Get out of here. Trust the doctor. And with science, it's always changing. That's what makes it so fascinating. And that's what puts such smart people involved with it because it's so fa- fascinating. Some of the things can never be can never be solved. Can never be, some theories will never be thought be be discovered or figured out. They're lifelong studies, so you don't just trust the science because the scientists told you. And then, oh well, the science can change. Of course, it can change. That doesn't mean I'm not calling it fake or not real, but yes, the the science can change constantly. Again, another reason you don't trust it. You don't trust anything that can be erratic. You're mindful of it. You pay attention to it. You don't trust it. And I don't trust science, and I don't trust doctors. You know what I do trust? Math. Arithmetic. Trust the math. Trust the arithmetic and follow and trust the money. That's what you follow. That's what you trust. Not the science. Who's getting rich making all these vaccines? Who's paying for all these vaccines? Rhetorical. I know. The government's paying. The pharmaceutical companies are getting rich. And who's going to, is it going to benefit the most that every, however long now, now it's three shots, now it's four shots. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for not thinking of these kinds of things in more hindsight. I'm not, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I got the single shot, J&J. Now that's like bogus. That, that, like, that was like a fake shot. Like you're not even really um, vac- vaccinated with that. Back then it was fine. Now it's not. Depends on who you ask. So now, no, no, you should get the other two, and then you should boost her after that. No, enough. Stop. Quit. Enough. All right? I've been following all the rules, all the procedures, and I've been doing it very politely, and I will continue to do it very politely. I have, 
I'm joking when I say this, but I'm it's kidding, not kidding. I will not be getting another shot, another vaccination, period, unless one thing happens. And that one thing, this is going to be silly, silly as hell, but whenever Pearl Jam reschedules that damn show from now almost two years ago in Nashville that I have four tickets to, still hanging out in the uh, internet sphere, if they, whatever they say I have to have to go to their show, Lord Eddie, Ed, you got it, man. How high do I jump? Where's the hoop? How much fire is underneath it? Don't care. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Nobody in this state, as far as the Titans or anything else that I do for fun, is going to say, make me prove it. And if I go to, you know, if I want to go to New Orleans to see friends or if I want to go do some other things that I have no intentions on doing right now. And the, um, and the requirement is that I have to be fully boosted, whatever the F that means, because we'll never be fully anything because the science changes every other day. And then the, the blowhards on television telling everybody what to think and how to feel changes every other week. But if I want to do that and the requirement is this, then I'll either do it or I won't go and I won't be mad about it. And nobody should be mad at me for that. I don't think anybody who knows me well will be mad at me about that because this is not like I'm not fighting this, right? This isn't some kind of crusade. I'm just not doing it. And the main reason is being sick sucks. Being sick sucks. And those shots make you sick. It's not what somebody told me. I took it. It made me sick. That's why I've never gotten a flu shot. I know people have gotten flu shots their whole life. Never once gotten a flu shot. Why? Because I heard it might make you sick. I don't do anything where the likelihood is on the other end of it, it makes me ill. It's just kind of a guideline in life. Maybe not an exact rule, but a because I, you know, drink and then I'm ill at the end of that. So it's it's a it's a more of a guideline. <laughs> it's more of a guideline than, than a than a hard rule. Um so I wanted to talk about this for just a minute too, because I found this great article. And it was an opinion piece, I'm sure. Um, that was uh basically this similar to the one I'm, I'm here, I've got here that I'm going to read some to you here about climate change. And I think we're handling these kinds of things the same way. Scare tactics. Follow the science. Trust the science. Um, when that's, it's, it's just, that's just too simplistic. And, 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 you know, it's turned into, oh, it's cold out. It's not, there's no global warming. You know, that kind of stupid nonsense kind of stuff. But then there's, there's the extreme on either end. We're destroying the, the environment, everybody. I mean, this is not my opinion. This isn't up for debate. We are. It's just at what rate do we do it and what can we do to, to slow it down? I'll let everybody else fight about that. It is on my list of things to care about. Let's say there's 100 things on that list. It's 99 and a half. I enjoy the environment. I think it's beautiful. I, live, I think we live in a country that is breathtaking. How each state itself just has its own, you know, natural wonder. It, it it is it is really breathtaking. I watch Aerial America, it's just drone footage of the whole country on Smithsonian or Discovery Channel. A lot of times on Sundays, I'll just have it rolling all day. It is remarkable what you don't know about the landscape of this country. I don't want to ruin it, or any country for that matter. I don't want to ruin it, but we are, and we're going to continue to do it. But there's no reason to argue about it like children. And it's the same thing we're doing now with COVID and, you know, flus. I don't want it either. I don't want people to be sick. I don't want people to die 
when they might not have had to, when we can do things to be preventative. I'm all about prevention. I am. And, And awareness, too. So this is real quick. It says, why you shouldn't blame everything unusual on climate change? Blaming every extreme weather event on global warming is no different than claiming climate change is a hoax because it's cold outside. Take a look at... at, Sorry, hold on. Take a look at almost any recent bout of extreme weather and there's probably a historical equivalent. Droughts are hitting North America. The Dust Bowl of the 1930s stands as the worst in in the last millennium. B.C. is being ravaged by forest fires. In 1950, Alberta wildfires became so intense they plunged Toronto into darkness. The event remains the largest Canadian forest fire on record. Phoenix was recently hit by a heat wave so intense it began to melt city infrastructure, and yet the highest temperature ever recorded in the city is 50 degrees Celsius, so clearly this was written by somebody in the UK likely, and I don't know what that conversion is. But it occurred a generation ago on June 26, 1990. But look at the more aggregated numbers, and the situation isn't so normal. 16 of the world's 17 warmest years on record has occurred since 2001, and the global sea ice cover is definitely going down it goes on to talk about this nasa earth uh, observatory assessment uh done in the last i don't know however many years uh, somewhat recently and it, there's a couple of of uh, paragraphs directly verbatim out of this assessment from nasa's earth observatory quote climate change may not be responsible for the recent skyrocketing cost of natural disasters but it is very likely that it will impact future catastrophes Some storm types, such as hurricanes, tornadoes, and winter storms, are also exhibiting changes that have been linked to climate change, although the current state of the science does not permit detailed understanding. End quote. They're telling you, we don't know. (laughs) We don't know. So there's no reason to trust what all these different um, uh, theories and assessments and uh, studies, there's no reason to trust them. Be mindful of them. You know, read them if you'd like, but there's no reason to trust it. But you can trust me or anybody else who says something along these lines. Hell yes, Americans and humans are destroying the environment. Hell yeah, of course we are. But what do we do about it? Again, I'll let you argue about that. And the final little thing here that that I thought this this made me think of the COVID thing a little bit while I was uh, you know putting together the idea for the show today. Uh, it says, think about it from an economic uh, forecast. Economists, for example, can confidently say that unemployment kills people. A 2011 mega study analyzing 20 million patient records found that men and women without jobs were at much higher risk of mortality. From the authors, quote, unemployment was associated with substantially increased risk of death among broad segments of the population, end quote. What an economist won't do, however, is stand in a morgue and slap a killed by unemployment sticker on any corpse that had recently been laid off from its factory job. With or without a pink slip, maybe the worker would have died anyway. Right? Same. I just made me think of the, you know, the COVID death thing. Yeah, yeah. Follow the money. Follow the math. Trust the money where it's going and trust the math. Who's getting rich? Who is benefiting from this? And who's giving the opinions on what you should or shouldn't do? Put all that together. Trust and follow that. Just be mindful of the science. Understand the science is there. Be happy. You're, you know, take your doctor. If you trust your doctor, good. Good for you. There's a good chance you might shouldn't, but good for you. 
Follow the money, follow the math, because the math doesn't lie. And where the money's flowing doesn't lie either. But the math certainly doesn't lie because all math can be proved. Every single math problem can be solved by some person, mathematician, somewhere. That's what you need to pay attention to. And if we're so damn worried about people being alive or staying alive and people not dying, why aren't why why is insulin not free? I, oh, I get it. Okay, it's not a contagious disease. Fine, but why are there not so many other things done to fix our broken ass healthcare system? So, what I will say out loud, and this is a strong opinion of mine that I've had for a long time, and I'll never stop screaming at a hill I will die on a thousand times. Healthcare for profit is wrong. Healthcare for profit is wrong. It does not keep not just keep people healthy it doesn't help them get healthy it encourages them to stay sick and americans are dumb and if they can take medicine instead of doing better lifestyle that's what they'll do and they're and they, you know, okay dumb them i get it we're all doing it you do it i do it health care for profit is wrong and this is a case where follow the money because there ain't no damn health care providers no big pharmas no presidents no senators no no health care people who are not maybe directly your your close personal medical professional who gives two shits whether you stay alive or not they don't care all they care about is making four more dollars can they make four more dollars then that's what they're going to do follow the money follow the math uh coming up next it was bill maher's show with kevin o'leary from shark tank talking just some financial uh stuff for no particular reason Excuse me, for no particular reason other than I just wanted to. Talk about that and wrap up the show. Come back. sure you get another copy of that memo our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars didn't have to work and then invariably whatever you'd say that was supposed to be your career so if you wanted to fix old cars then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic so what did you say i never had an answer i guess that's why i'm working at Inatech. no you're working at Inatech because that question is bullshit to begin with everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean shit up if they had a million dollars. You know what I would do if I had a million dollars? I would invest half of it in Doris Mutual Funds and then take the other half over to my friend Asadullah who works in uh, securities. Samir, Samir, you're missing the point. The point of the exercise is that you're supposed to figure out what you would want to do. If... PC load letter? What the fuck does that mean? Lawrence. What would you do if you had a million dollars? Tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. That's it? You had a million dollars, you'd do two chicks at the same time? Damn straight. I always wanted to do that, man. I think if I were a millionaire, I could hook that up, too, because chicks dig dudes with money. Well, not all chicks. Well, the type of chicks that double up on a dude like me do. Good point. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Nothing. I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. And if I had a million dollars, I'd buy your love. Just an absolutely incredible song. Bare Naked Ladies. If I had a million dollars, I'd build a tree fort in a yard. And the classic office space lines. Maybe we 
And uh, again, I, I, the whole reason for doing a show, I don't know, I just, I've kind of missed it a little bit, I think, actually. Um, and my notes to self things were kind of filling up and then, I don't know, I just thought it'd be fun to do a show and then I got sick, or at least I thought I did. All of a sudden now I feel fantastic. I can't believe I haven't gotten through this show without coughing. I've ha I have had that shortness of breath. You know, not like a cough, like a cold that they just keep coming. You're coughing up a lung. It's just like that if you inhale just a little bit too much, you'll, you know, you'll cough because of the shortness of breath, which is one of the first symptoms of uh, of COVID and the regular flu and the cough too cold. Um, so, but that's gotten much better as the, uh, as the day go goes along. So if I wake up tomorrow and I don't feel uh, any worse than I do right this moment, then I'm going to just go about my day like everything is, is fine because then that legitimately will mean that everything is fine. But if I wake up and I still feel bad and I'm coughing, then I'm going to go get a, a COVID test. And if it's positive, then I'll just sit at the house for five or six days, I guess. Uh, something I'll, um, I, I just want to mention, I thought it was a kind of fun and funny at the same time. After Top Golf the other night, Part of the reason why my night ended so badly because I started throwing down some gin and tonics at the end of it. Uh, over at Champies, a, a friend of mine was there and she invited me over, and I was like, uh, "Okay, fine." I, I tough to turn down a a, a drink at Champies, and the uh, city manager, Chris Dorsey of East Ridge, was there. She's friends with him. She's friends with a lot of people in local East Ridge specific government, and um, I was sauced. I think he might have been two i'm not entirely sure uh doesn't really matter but we had some conversations that were straight up like you know this is off the record i promise if i wanted to be a jackhole which i wouldn't do he told me some stuff that i shouldn't tell uh, anybody else and i won't and it's not scandalous and it's not against the law but it's stuff that um it made it made for a fun conversation and i just thought of that because i got his card here for it. he gave it to me chris dorsey city manager city of east ridge and um, so if I ever need to know any more about what's going on in the city, I'll get a hold of him. I did say, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? And he said, while I'm in office, I said, yeah. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> not a chance. And I said, uh, okay. I completely understand that. So the reasoning for this was, uh, first of all, I loved the uh, Bill Maher and Kevin O'Leary uh, conversation on Bill Maher's show. And I had another great conversation with a, a friend of mine in the last few weeks. We were talking, and I was over again, sauced. You know, it's been the the one constant in this holiday season is the booze has been flowing. But we were talking about inflation, and you know, I, I my question was where where does inflation start and stop, and where does price gouging begin? You know, what what really is uh, uh, inflation? I know what it is. We all know what the definition of it is. We understand what we're looking at. But how does it happen? What sparks something like this and what keeps people from just raising prices just because they can? And won't the market, don't we live in a market that can correct itself? Like this idea, you know, for 100 years ago or 50 years ago, and oh, inflation is up and bread costs uh, $10. No, bread doesn't cost $10. It doesn't. And if it did, fine. You're not going to sell any bread. So therefore, you'll have to sell the bread cheaper because no one's going to pay you 10 bucks for bread. And I, when I go to the grocery store, I went to Food City yesterday to make a small run. And I'm telling you, nothing costs more. Everybody says that it costs more. The headline says things cost more. But nothing costs more. The, the, the half gallon of 1% milk I bought was still two bucks. 
I don't know, did it used to be 189 and now all of a sudden my life is screwed? Right? Like, I understand there are breaking points and I'm the first guy to say, oh, it's just one more dollar. Well, I don't have any more dollars. You can only, it's only one more dollar me so many times. But when we're literally talking cents and a gallon of milk is either a buck 89 or, or 209, are, are we talking about some inflation that's really bothering people? I have yet to get, other than gasoline, obviously gasoline makes the world burn and turn. We all know that. So that that one's not hard to, you know, to understand. But I don't go anywhere uh, and see any issues with with inflation of prices. It's just it's just not. Now, maybe that it, it, I haven't felt the effects yet. Maybe this is going to be five years down the road. This inflation of this year will somehow even itself out and prices will all start to rise slowly. Maybe that's what it is. But immediately I feel no 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 a pain of any kind of purchasing power going down. I get in the grand scheme of things that it is. I understand that money just sitting in a certificate of deposit, just sitting there in your account is losing value. I have a savings account. That's my quote unquote emergency fund. When I used to be more of a Dave Ramsey type, I'm so sick of that blowhard. He's not wrong in a lot of things he says, but I have a good chunk of money just sitting in an account and it is losing value every day, but that was already happening. That's not new news. That doesn't have anything to do with, the last two, three, four, five years, or last two, three, four, five months, that was already a, a, a reality. So anyway, it, it always, it, it, the idea of finances is not difficult, but the idea of putting it to work, especially in an economy and an engine like the American capitalistic society, that is a little difficult to understand sometimes. And, um, so I guess that's just why I started to go down this road. Are we going to get any of these answers that I just, you know, that I'm throwing out there as pondering? Like, I don't totally get what it is and how it works. No, we're not. But we're going to listen to uh, Bill Maher and Kevin O'Leary from uh, his show. I guess it's still called Real Time, right, on HBO. Kevin O'Leary is on Shark Tank. I love, 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 love Shark Tank. The pitching ideas, um, reality type show uh, for, for them to invest in. And uh, Bill Maher's television show is not that good. But his stand-up is fantastic, and he is, he is between him and Eddie Vedder, as far as ideological uh, vision, that's, that's where, that, I mean, they're my two heroes. They're my two heroes. And especially Marr is, uh, he is pushing so far away from wokeness, he's empowering me with the wo- pushing the woke away. And he's getting louder with it. And the wokes are getting more pissed off at him by the day. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We were here fighting this battle before you were well, you're still sucking your thumbs, you woke losers. Get out of here. I love it. And 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 being a center middle is not, you know, being a moderate is not wrong. That's not a wrong thing to do. Um, I'm a, you know, just like Brian Williams said and on the show the other week, and I agree with him. He, I, I put Brian Williams in my as, as my ideological hero as well. I'm, I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place. I believe in the framework of how we do how we've been doing this, and it's crumbling and it's terrifying me. Anyway, this is uh, five cuts that I'll play you, and I had something I was going to read you, but I'm not even going to do that because it's just some super leftist talking about basically capitalism being terrible, which I will never agree with. Now I think capitalism has lots of flaws, and there's no reason why social programs cannot be added to even more to help out the most powerful country and and its people in the world but capitalism is uh is, is is a yay in my book i would like to do things a little differently but anyway i won't i won't read that but here's bill maher talking to kevin saying 
Uh, basically, and it's two-parter here of just like, do rich people, people who have access to funds, do they understand the economy more than those who do not? And, you know, unemployment, stock market up, supply chain, supply chain. How do you explain this? This is Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Like I said, <coughs> and there's my cough. I'm not uh, I'm not stopping today. Here we go. Do rich people know more about the economy? No. Really? No, they don't. Interesting. They, they have learned something that they're passionate about. This economy has supported entrepreneurship for 200 years. It really works. It's created the right. world's largest economy. But no one entrepreneur knows everything about everything. They know something very special. Elon Musk knows a lot about electric vehicles. You think about what Bezos built, direct-to-consumer. These are specialty verticals. That's how it works. Okay, so I don't understand how some factors of the economy seem to be doing so well. The stock market, still through the roof. Unemployment is less than 5%. They used to say 5% was the goal. And this is after a pandemic. So why are we having, like, this supply chain problem? If those factors are doing well, why can't we get stuff off the ships? Yeah. And Kevin O'Leary will answer that directly in just a second. I've been saying the same thing. How is it that the stock market continues to have record-setting days when there's so much uncertainty in the economy? And I'm talking more about, like, six to eight months ago. The economy's doing but Don't let anybody tell you our economy is trash. It's not. It's got a lot of problems that we're trying to you know make up for lost time for and i'm believing it and i'm i think in long term we're gonna be fine but i was like how can the stock market be so damn good and it's not and you know this whole idea that it's been good under trump it was it was exploding under trump it's it's been exploding since 2010 how do i know this because that's the year i finally got around to getting my dead broke ass into the um stock market i started putting a few bucks in when i was 30 years old and I've not ever put much more than, you know, a small amount in. And my money is 10 million times uh, over again. That's fake, obviously, not 10 million. Thousands of percent up on what I've put in from the beginning. It's eye-popping. If I would have doubled what I put in, I'd be I'd be rolling in cash from what I'm used to. But as far as the supply chain issue is concerned. I live that problem every day. I've got investments in over 30 companies, and we're having major problems with the supply chain. Because countries that we took product and services from in the past pre-pandemic have not recovered the same way America has right now. They still don't have everybody vaccinated. They they have all kinds of issues that are keeping their supply and their factories shut down. So it's really hard to get parts. And as a result, that's half the reason we have inflation. Regarding the stock market, you spend, you print three and a half trillion free dollars, put it in a helicopter and throw it down into the country you, you're darn right the stock market's going to go up. So is the watch market, so is the wine market, so is the car market. Anything that's a hard asset has exploded to the upside. Everything, because money is free. Well, it, not forever, yes. I, well, I, I don't know. I just no, heard I, another I, three, I, three trillion Believe coming. me, I have shared that concern. I don't know how long the government can we just We have never, print. ever printed no, this much money before. I agree. I, it, trust me, it's on my mind. And we're trying to do even more of it. Um, I'll leave that overall subject matter for uh, uh, another time. So this was a 10, 12-minute overall segment that I just clipped these uh, short clips from. So they go on to start talking about, um, is it good for workers to have more leverage in the workplace uh, than they have in, um, in, in generations? More from Kevin Leary on with Bill Maher. 
But workers definitely do have more leverage than they ever did before. Correct. Isn't that a good thing? I mean, we've heard this word underclass for a long time because it's a real thing in America. People who just are living day to day. I was reading about truckers recently because well, we can't get truckers. That's one reason why we have these supply chain issues. And it's just a horrible job. It's just a horrible life. You have no life. Yeah. You must agree that there is some problem in America where we have this kind of income inequality, where some people are just an underclass. And it isn't it, wasn't it a good thing that now they have a little leverage? It is a good thing. But let me tell you, the, the economy has done such a remarkable change in the last 24 months that people that used to be considered starving artists, for example, let's talk about videographers, photographers, animators that made nothing pre-pandemic are now the most sought-after individuals as the entire economy has gone digital. Everybody wants to sell direct-to-consumer. Nike sells 50% of its products now direct-to-consumer. It needs photography, it needs animation, it needs graphics. These people don't want to work anymore in a cubicle. In fact, they don't want to work at all. They want to be contractors. They used to make 30000 now Now they make 150000 I think the economy is doing really, really well, and a huge transition is occurring. It's doing what it does. The market always well, takes care of itself. All right, so um, a couple things before I play these last two for you. Uh, no, so I made myself on this one. First of all, some jobs just suck, and nobody wants them. And that is part of the supply chain issue is the amount of e-commerce we have. We've been This has been a problem for several years and a growing problem for several years, um, just moving freight via you know an 18-wheeler. And I at my day job, we have the same class of driver's license that can move an 18-wheeler, the same ones that move these beer trucks around. And we go through all kinds of turnover for 20 years. It's not new. It's difficult. It's a difficult job that nobody really wants to do. But if you need a decent paying wage, it it pays a decent paying wage. But many of these that we call over-the-road drivers that are bringing the freight all across the country from Amazon and wherever else, I mean, they make a lot more than an in-town uh, driver would, but the job sucks. You're never home. You have no life. It's awful. You do make good money. You do make pretty good money. I'd say some might even get close to six figures. Seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year is very easy to get to that point. It's not very easy, but it's very doable. Put it that way. It's very, very realistic. But you're on. You live your life on the road and in truck stops. Who the hell wants to do that? Uh, it's kind of the, from the office based joke. If I had a million dollars, no one would clean up shit because, you know, no one would want to do it. Uh, no one would drive a truck if they had a million dollars. He talks about, uh, Kevin talks about animators, photography, and graphic design jobs that are thriving. Um, while he's not wrong, there has been an uptick in some of those industries. There's also tens of millions of people who are got TikTok pages that nobody will even glance at who have all these exact skills. And then Bill goes on to make fun of him by... Uh, uh, when he responded to the everyday worker, uh, he he references animators. So they kind of had some fun at his expense on that one. Uh, here's the uh, second to last clip I have, Bill, to Kevin. I'm just wrote it right, reading literally what I wrote to myself. Okay, so what do you need to do to make it in America's economy? I'd always say there's three professions you need. And so if you're going to go to college and get yourself $100,000 in debt, make sure you're an engineer, an engineer, or an engineer. And at night, take some engineering classes. Everything else is worthless. I don't feel that way anymore. Right now, I can't hire people out of Tisch or any college that's an art college to work for me in creating content for social media that helps me sell products and goods and services. It's a remarkable change. 
And I understand that you can't get a lot of people to come back to the office, that you thought it would be like 15% who wouldn't come back after the pandemic, but it's really something like 55% it who is. say they will never come back? They're never coming back. Well, doesn't that tell you something about how much they must have fucking hated the office Correct. to begin with? Oh, my God. Can I speak to that? Holy hell, does working in the, in, the, in the office space that I'm in just soul-sucking. It is absolutely soul-sucking. It annihilates your soul. And um, I hate it, but it's it's a gig that works for me, and I'm happy to have it. Kind of goes back, all that goes to my... Uh, the millennial kind of way of of thoughts on new world ways of 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 working and work environments and hourly and versus you know salary and project based. Uh, I think the you know, I've, I've done it many times on here. I'm I don't remember the last time, but hourly pay is some of the worst worst ideas in the history of all American co- corporations. Sometimes you have to have it. Sometimes. You absolutely don't have to do it. We don't have to do anything. It's not that we throw around the word, oh, we have to do this. You don't have to. You're choosing to do what you're doing, whether you're a company, an employer, an employee, boss, the guy sweeping the floors. None of you have to do anything. You're doing it because you choose to or because that's the way you've been taught to do it your whole life. And the pandemic, for better or worse, has forced companies and corporations and bosses to handle their business differently. And it's also forced or at least expedited workers in the way what they expect and how they want to work. And it is working very well for a lot of people and some people not as much. Final one here, um, and this is a little bit more about what I was just talking about and then I'll uh, have more thoughts on it and then wrap up the show. I know we're late here. I'm going to be over an hour today. Uh, But it is the final show of the year of 2021 as we get ready for 2020 also. Let's uh, wrap it up uh, right here. They have proven to everybody all around the world that they can use technology to do their jobs successfully, creatively, functionally, productively. They want to stay at home, raise their kids, take care of their elderly parents. And in fact, if you say to them, you have to come back to the office, that's our new mandate, they'll say, nah, I'm just going to quit and work somewhere else. So... We thought it was 15%. We have a sample size of about 10,000 people in our supply chain plus our companies. I thought it would be in accounting, logistics, compliance departments, the people used to work in cubicles. It's everybody. They don't want to come back. And so we have to learn to live this way, and I'm, I'm okay with it. It works. And what I figured out with my job <clears throat> about, uh, I don't know, yeah, it was about a year ago. No, about a year and a half ago because I was still working downtown. There was an outage of EPB customers. In all of downtown Chattanooga, no internet service for about five hours. And you might as well have said like a water main was broken in the middle of the room or there was, you know, the, the, the conference room was like literally on fire or or somebody had just blasted through the back window, back door with a bulldozer like it was panic inducing. And uh, what I really it was South Park style. Right. And and what I realized and I, I guess I probably already knew it, but I, I hadn't paid enough attention to realize it, is that my job has become completely internet-based. If I do not have the internet, I can't do any work. Because I, I sat there all day. And I hot-spotted some stuff to be able to like do a few of the essentials. And basically, at the end of the day, was able to do most of what I needed through hotspots. But without internet, 
my job is not possible to be done. And that's kind of mind-blowing because when I first started, that was the complete opposite. The company barely had internet for everybody to use on a daily basis. I started there in 2002. Um, it was all counting cash and and counting paper receipts and using calculators. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm back in my day. I mean, but it was it was a God, it was a totally different world. And now, without the internet, I quite literally sat there all day and just hoped that it would all work out by the end of the day. And the internet eventually came back on, and I was able to finish everything up. And so, why the hell am I sitting in an office? Why are you even giving taking up office space? Why are you paying for air air conditioning and you know and funding whatever I might need in this space when I could be sitting right here at my desk like I am right now and doing this gig right this moment when I get done recording this on the same computer at the same desk in the same building? Why why are we doing this? And the answer is because that's just how we've always done it. And for now, I'm going to accept that answer as being acceptable and just move along because I want to be agreeable. And, um, oh, boy, and speaking of I, just saying that made me think of this, uh, a Malcolm Gladwell uh, podcast I listened to about agreeable types and disagreeable types. I will uh, I will dive back into that or, or into that later on into uh, into 2020 also. And it was a fascinating episode. I just just. Sorry, just sidetracked there. Um, my brain just kind of went, uh, took a left when I was trying to go right. Uh, but that was a fascinating episode that I'll play some of that for you uh, later on. Malcolm Gladwell. Sometimes he's too smart for his own good, and sometimes he bores me because he's too smart. And then sometimes he makes my head spin around so much I can't wait to get more. Anyway, that is all. I have gone way, 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 way late. Um, but the the idea of hourly pay infuriates me absolutely infuriates me and i had some debates over the christmas uh break where i was talking to some guys that and i think it's partially because they're just used to it and they thought i wasn't saying like no 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 this is how we do it it works out great i'm like listen man it is not a way to get efficient work done in a blue collar atmosphere i don't work in a hospital i don't work in an engineering office i don't work in a lawyer's office i'm not sure what y'all do and how you do it but in my line of work hourly employees are the worst employees there it is not designed it's not even their fault it's not there. It's not the employer employee's fault. It's the employer's fault. It is a terrible environment in which to get uh, to get the most productivity for the most efficient cost and time. And time is money. Time is money. And when you work in a hourly pay environment, you don't value time. You only well, you value time by by wasting it and attaching more dollars to it, rather than working better and more efficient and getting paid more for your efficiency. You're getting paid more for your laziness and your inability or your just not your your uh, apathy towards what the what the job is. That that is so counterproductive and and just just a terrible business model that some people still might have to have but most people don't have to have it. You just choose to have it. Project based, salary based. If I if if we agree that something should take eight hours to do and here's how much money per hour i'll pay you to do it but somehow i figure out a way above board and it to no one else's detriment if i'm able to figure out a way to get it done in four hours i'm not worth worth half as much 
I'm worth tw- I'm worth twice as much as you're paying me now. But in an, in an hourly based structure, you're you're penalizing me for doing a better job. Think about that. That's nonsense. That's that's I mean, ugh. all right. Again, not sure why I did all this today. Uh, luckily, I feel good now. It is 11 o'clock on whatever the hell day it is. This will drop on the 30th. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And uh, Happy New Year. Happy freaking New Year. 2020 also. <laughs> 2022 is coming. Though you ain't seen nothing yet, and the crazy is only going to get crazier, there's still a lot of great in life. Man, there really, really is. And the fact, I say this, I think, every year, the fact that anybody would sit down and purposely take time out of their busy as hell, hectic lives and listen to this means the world to me. Bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I love you to death. I I don't know why you do it, but damn it, man and woman, I love you to death for it. It has always been my favorite pastime. And I hope to continue to always keep uh, doing it. The other gig continues into the new year. We'll see how that goes. I hope it. I hope it stays because it pays. Um, if it stops paying, then it stops paying, and we move on from there and find find another gig and move along. But uh, thank you very, very, very much. This is uh, this means a lot to me. All right, that's all. Damn it, man! <laughs> Long ass show. Uh, happy New Year. See you later. Bye.